Good morning. It is really good to be here with you this morning. I want to start out by looking forward a little bit, um, all the way past Christmas to next Sunday. Next Sunday, um, I won't be here. I'll be in Pagosa Springs with the Lane family. We'll be having a good time. We'll miss you, but probably not that much. Um, But Craig Hayes will be speaking next Sunday. He'll be speaking about Born for Glory. So I know that you'll want to be here for that and see what Craig has to say. I'm sure it'll be an, an excellent talk. Also, next Sunday night, we will not have Sunday night services or small groups won't meet on Sunday night either. Uh, because of the area-wide worship service that will be taking place up at Mountainside Church of Christ. That starts at 5 o'clock. The worship service then will be followed by a dinner, a benefit dinner for the Christian Student Center, where there will be pasole and green chili chicken soup and other goodies for you to have there. And really like to encourage everybody to be there and be a part of that if you can. It's a, a wonderful night of fellowship with Christians from throughout the city. It's good food, good worship time, good fellowship. So please plan on being a part of that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all the ways that you bless us. Father, we are blessed by the the visitors that you have sent to be with us today. Father, it's so good to see familiar faces, to see friends here this morning. Father, as we come to a close of this year, Father, we are hoping that this has been a year where we have been transformed more and more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we do want to be servants of you and servants of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Father, help us to choose daily to serve you and to serve each other. And Father, we know that by serving each other and by serving our neighbors, we are serving you. Father, help us to be those kind of servants. Father, as we look forward to next year, we just pray, Father, that we will continue to be equipped to serve. And Father, we just pray that you will always bless us to be those kind of people, shining lights, in the darkness of the world that's around us. And Father, we pray this through your Son, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So 2015 is winding down, and we have been focusing throughout the year on our theme. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Throughout this year, we've been focusing on the necessity of making the daily decision to serve the true and living God rather than the false gods of our fallen world. So after, over the last several weeks, we have revisited what it looks like to be those true servants of Jesus Christ. We have reminded ourselves that true servants live in the image of their Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Like Jesus, they deny themselves. Like Jesus, they pick up their crosses. Like Jesus, they follow the path that God has laid out for them. So we have talked about we as servants of Jesus Christ being self-denying, cross-carrying followers of Christ. And we have emphasized that making the decision to be that kind of servant isn't made in a vacuum. That decision is made in light of what the Lord has done for us. God sent his son for us. Jesus denied himself and picked up his cross for us. And we have to decide every day, this day and every day, how we're going to respond to a master who does that, who does that for his servants. We must decide who we are going to be in light of what God has done for us. And we have reminded ourselves that being a servant of God was never meant to be a solitary pursuit. We've talked about the fact that we are each a part of the body of Christ. 
And we serve Jesus as we serve each other and as we serve our neighbors. See, we are walking as servants. And we are walking as servants in the steps of our master, Jesus Christ. And we're doing that together. But I'm afraid that sometimes as we deal with the challenges and the demands of our lives, as we lead these busy lives that we do lead, I'm afraid sometimes we lose sight of just how remarkable just how amazing, just how glorious is our master, Jesus Christ. And it's, that's where we're going to put our focus this morning. Not on the servants of Jesus Christ, but on Jesus Christ himself, on the master. Our master who John called the light of all mankind. Let's stop for a moment and consider light. You know, we live in an extremely illuminated world. Light for us is rarely more than just a switch away. Light is everywhere. We have house lights and street lights. We have headlights and porch lights. We have night lights and flashlights. And we have a lot of Christmas lights this time of year. Light for us is normal. Darkness is something that's unusual. But that wasn't true in Bible times. In Bible times, the people lived in in an extremely dark world. From the time that the sun went down until it came back up again, light was very limited. Light was scarce and light was very precious. And, you know, that's been the case in human history up until just fairly recently. And, you know, the people who spend a lot of time in darkness are people who have a great appreciation for the light. So we see in the Bible that the biblical writers turn time and time again to light and to darkness as powerful metaphors. Powerful metaphors for people who repeatedly experienced the dangers of darkness and who had a great appreciation for the blessings of light. So in the Bible, we see over and over again that light is repeatedly contrasted with darkness. Light is good. Darkness is evil. Light is holy. Darkness is corrupt. Light is understanding and darkness is ignorance. Light is safety and darkness is danger. Light is life and darkness is death. Light brings renewal. Darkness brings decay. Light is creative. Darkness destroys. And as John begins his gospel, as he starts recounting the Jesus story in his gospel, he does a couple of really interesting things. First, he begins his gospel account by echoing the words and images that we find in the creation story in Genesis chapter 1. In fact, the first three words in Genesis and the first three words in John are exactly the same. They both begin with the three words, in the beginning. And not only does John echo the words of the creation story, he also echoes the powerful and dramatic images of light. The image of light suddenly being thrust into the darkness of the dark world. Listen, if you will, to the beginning of the creation story. It begins this way. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. That's good stuff, isn't it? 
That's powerful stuff. It's dramatic. It's a dramatic and powerful way to start this important story. It's even more dramatic and powerful than starting a story by saying a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's even better than that. In this story, there's no form, there's no shape, there's no life, there's no light. It's complete darkness. And then we hear a voice coming out of the darkness, and it says, let there be light. And suddenly, miraculously, light breaks into the complete darkness. I think we can feel the drama of that story. We can understand the drama of the creation story. But as John begins his gospel account, he wants to make sure that we feel and we understand the drama of the Jesus story. So what John does is he connects the story of Jesus breaking into the world with the story of light breaking into the world. Listen to the beginning of the Jesus story as John tells it in John chapter 1 and verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In verse 6, he continues and says, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that all mankind might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to all mankind was coming into the world, coming into the dark world. That's good stuff too, isn't it? That's dramatic and powerful stuff. In fact, I believe that the first chapter of John is every bit as dramatic and every bit as powerful as the first chapter of Genesis. You see, Genesis dramatically introduces God's action to create the world. And John dramatically introduces God's action to redeem that world, his world, through Jesus, through the light of all mankind. See, in creation, God brought physical light into the formless and empty darkness. And in Jesus, God brought the true spiritual light into the formless, empty darkness, ruling the hearts and souls of mankind. See, the story of God, the story of God's light, is a story of life. We know that, don't we? We know that without light, there can be no life. Be no plants, there'd be no trees, there'd be no fishes in the oceans, no birds in the air, no animals in the land, and there certainly would not be any humans, no people on earth. Life is dependent on light. Physical life on earth is completely dependent on the sun. If there's no sun, there is no life. And then John tells us that what is true in the physical world is also true in the spiritual world. See, spiritually, the story of God's light is the story of life. Without the light of all mankind, without Jesus Christ, there can be no spiritual life. Spiritual life is completely dependent on the Son, the Son of God. 
See, we are dead without the light of all mankind. We are dead without God's Son. We are dead without Jesus Christ. So the creation story and the Jesus story, they tell the same story. They tell the story that God is the God of light. They tell the story that God is the God of life. Our God in creation, he spoke light into the world so there could be life in the world. And in Jesus, he sent the light of all mankind into the world so mankind could have life in the next world. John, a little later in his gospel, expressed it this way, chapter 3 and verse 6. Verse 16, he said, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, the story of Jesus is a story of love, and it's a story of light, and it's a story of life. God's light broke into the dark world with the coming of Jesus. But tragically, somehow, mankind missed the light. Somehow they missed the sun. Somehow they continued to choose darkness instead of light. They chose death instead of life. And so John brings us the tragic story He brings us the tragic consequences of choosing to serve darkness instead of choosing to serve the light of all mankind, Jesus Christ. And I think that John brings us this story because he knows that his readers of that day and the readers who would continue to read him for generations to come, he knows that we all face that same choice every day. Will we choose to serve the light of all mankind? Or will we choose to serve darkness? Will we choose what is good or will we choose what is evil? Will we choose what is holy or will we choose what is corrupt? Will we choose understanding or will we choose ignorance? Will we choose life or will we choose death? The choice for us is will we choose to walk in the light or will we choose to walk in darkness? And John actually tells us two stories. He tells us the story of those who choose to walk in darkness, and he tells us the story of those who choose to walk in the light. Listen, if you will, as John moves between those two stories, the story of darkness and the story of light. In John 1, verse 9, he said, The true light that gives light to all mankind came into the world, was breaking into the world. Jesus, with his birth, and as he came to earth, was coming into the world to bring light. But then John immediately turns to the story of darkness. And he says, he was in the world, and though the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not even receive him. And then in verse 12, John recounts the story of light. He says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word, Jesus Christ, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
And then in verse 19, John moves back to the story of darkness. He says, this is the verdict. He says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Then John moves back to the story of light. He says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done through God. Then if we skip to 1 John, John once again takes back up this theme of darkness and light in 1 John chapter 1. Verse 5, he said, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And then John begins to talk about the story of darkness. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Then he moves to the story of light. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. Purifies us from all sin. Then he talks about darkness again. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother, he's still in the darkness. And then he moves back to light. And he says, whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him that will make him stumble. And then John moves back to the story of darkness. He says, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. John tells two stories. A story of walking in darkness and a story of walking in the light. A story of serving darkness and a story of serving the light. I think you can almost see John shaking his head in wonder shaking his head in wonder as he looks out on a world that consistently chooses to walk in the dark instead of walking in the light. A world that consistently chooses to ignore the light, even though Jesus, the light of all mankind, came to the world. He came to the world to bring life to the world, the very world that he created, the very world that he owns. John says the darkness didn't understand that Jesus was the light. I think we recognize that the darkness doesn't understand that Jesus is the light. They don't understand who he is or why he came to this earth. Those living in the light don't understand and recognize that he is the light. And since they don't understand and recognize who he is, they don't receive, they don't accept, they don't choose They don't choose the light of all mankind. And since they don't recognize or accept the light, they continue to live in their evil ways. Not only because they didn't receive the light, but because they came to hate the light. And they came to hate the light because light illuminates evil. Light shines its light on evil deeds. They hated the light because it exposed their sin. And because they continued to choose darkness, they were unable to have fellowship with their God because God is light. 
In him is no darkness at all. Because they didn't have fellowship with their God, they also didn't have fellowship with God's children. They weren't part of God's family. They were children of darkness. And as children of darkness, they were destined to inherit darkness. And because they couldn't see the truth, they couldn't see the truth that light, the true light had come into the world in Jesus Christ. The light that gives light to all mankind had come into the world. Because they couldn't see that truth, they continued to walk in the darkness. And because they continued to choose to walk in the darkness instead of light, they were destined to trip and stumble and ultimately fall. It's a pretty dark story, isn't it, that John tells? And why does John tell that dark story? Well, I think John tells that dark story so that we will appreciate the story of light. See, John knows that only people who understand the danger of darkness can truly appreciate the blessing of light, the hope of light, the promise of light. See, only people who understand the danger of darkness can truly appreciate the blessings of light. You have to know what darkness is about before you can appreciate what light is about. So John tells us another story. He tells us the story about those who see the light, who recognize the light. Those who receive the glory of the light. And John says those people are made children of God. They are made part of his family. They are destined to inherit God's light. And John says, those who see and those who recognize and those who receive the light, they're seeing and they're recognizing the truth, the ultimate truth. The truth that Jesus is the true light who came into the world to give light to all mankind. And they love the light. They love the light because it reveals, because it illuminates, because it exposes what God is doing through and doing to and doing with the lives of his children. And glory be to God. God's children have fellowship with their father. They have fellowship with their God. And they also have fellowship with their brothers and sisters. Fellowship with God's children. And they also have fellowship with the light, with the light of all mankind, with Jesus Christ. See, with Jesus Christ comes fellowship. Jesus Christ, whose sacrifice destroyed darkness and brought purification to those who once walked in the dark, but now choose to walk in the light. Because they are now walking in the light, John tells us they can't stumble They can't fall. And that's not because they walk perfectly, because they are so talented in their walk. It's because they're walking with the perfect light. Because they've chosen to serve the light of all mankind, because they've chosen to walk in the steps of Jesus Christ, where there is no stumbling. So John tells us these stories. He tells us the story of darkness so that we can appreciate what darkness is all about. And then he tells us the story of light, so that we can appreciate Jesus Christ, the light of all mankind, who came into the world to do away with darkness. And he tells us these two stories because he understands that we all have to choose who we are going to serve. This day and 
every day. And John wants us to know that if we choose the light, he knows, he wants us to know that if we choose the light, we're choosing to serve the light. We're choosing to live in the light. John wants us to know that the only way that we can live in the light and serve the light is to to walk just as the light walked. To walk as Jesus did. John says it this way, chapter 2, verses 5 through 6. He says, this is how we know we are in the light. Whoever claims to live in the light must walk as Jesus did. That's what we've been talking about for this past year. And that's what we'll talk about as we move into the new year is walking as Jesus did. So as we move into the new year, into 2016, that's going to be our focus. Walking as Jesus walked. See, we're here as a group. We've made our choice. We have declared together that we are going to serve the Lord, that we and our houses are going to serve the light. So in the coming year, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on equipping ourselves and equipping our houses for service. Equipping this house to walk just as Jesus did. So as we look ahead to next year, I want you to be prepared to be equipped to serve. That will be our focus. But I also want you to be prepared to be called on to help equip others in this house to serve the light of all mankind to the glory of our Lord. We want to be a house that's equipped to serve so that we can serve and walk just as Jesus did. That's a quick look forward. But I don't want to end with a quick look forward. I want to end by looking up. I want us to end this morning by looking up in worship. Looking up in worship to the light who stepped out into darkness. Jesus Christ who did that for our sake. And while we're standing and while we're singing and while we're worshiping in song... If you recognize that you are no longer walking in the light, if you recognize that you're walking in darkness instead of light, if you look at yourself and you see that you need to receive Jesus as the light of your life, won't you make that decision? Won't you take those steps to walk in that path now? Won't you let us know so that we can help you in your walk? You can do that in a couple of different ways. While we're standing and worshiping together, you can walk to the front and you can let us know that that's your desire. Or you can walk to the back and you can ask for directions to our library. And in there, a couple of our elders or an elder and his wife will be there. They'd like nothing more than to pray with you and to talk with you and to lend you the support that you need so that you can begin to walk in the light. The light that was intended for all mankind. Won't you do that while we stand and sing? Let's all stand and worship the light of all mankind. Say your